We're the Manchester United fan club from Ohio. If you're Manchester United supporters, sing the Manchester United song. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm not much of a singer. Oh, sing! My baby takes the morning train. Maybe you can hum the theme song. Won't hold it against you if you get parts wrong. While the memory's not too strong, there's a piece of you from a time long gone. So while these fuzzy warm feelings remain, question we ask is still the same. Is the treasure or just plain lame? Is this still good? Hello, and welcome back to Is This Still Good, a podcast about Brexit. You guys know about Brexit? You guys hear about Brexit? <laughs> I have heard about Brexit. Um, <laughs> That's the closest Gavin's gotten to a yes and on this podcast, I'll take it. <laughs> is, is that still a topic? <laughs> we're, we're here to talk about the film Brexit Through the Gift Shop. There was, and, a, uh, <laughs> there was a film called Brexit. <laughs> they made one called Brexit. Wasn't we watched there, it live. Oh, I thought you were talking uh, the about Benedict the Benedict Cumberbatch HBO movie about like the marketing oh. behind behind Brexit. It was a very oh. very effective campaign because they did do a Brexit. Hi, Molly. This is Molly. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> like that wasn't a yes and. That was a yes question mark. <laughs> it's yes and Molly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't seen that movie, so hope we're not talking about it. No, we're talking about a different movie that uh, you were very excited to to bring to this podcast. What are we talking about today, Molly? <laughs> yeah, my uh, the the golden should have won an Oscar uh, snub film Euro Trip, <laughs> the uh, 2004. I can't believe it was made in 2004. That's crazy. You're telling me this didn't win a single Oscar? It wasn't even considered. I couldn't believe it. That is crazy. Comedies get no respect. <laughs> I know. I'm sure. I'm sure it won a Strawberry Award or something like that, which is also <laughs> unfair. But 2004, when this movie comes out, where is Molly? Where Where are you? 16 years ago. 17 years ago. Jesus Christ! I don't like that. <laughs> it's okay. We don't need to do math. It's <laughs> It's been a rough year. Um, I, uh, I was 10, which is kind of crazy because I thought I was older when I watched this movie, but I guess I was like a really young kid to be watching this movie so often. Like it was one of my favorite films with my brother and we'd watch this movie all the time. So I was 10 years old, living in Northern California, the Bay Area, and <laughs> apparently being inspired by Eurotrip, which is, which is crazy because, you know. I guess it kind of worked. I've been to Europe. <laughs> it's a big change in your life. Wait, yeah. you've been to Europe? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, definitely not what I thought it was going to be like after that movie. But, you know. <laughs> no, that that is definitely one of the reasons that uh, that we brought you on to talk about Eurotrip is you've, you've spent more time in Europe than anyone I know who's not from Europe. I did reach out to uh, some European friends to see what, what they thought about this. Fun fact, Europe's like way in the future. It's very hard to schedule someone to, <laughs> to Skype in from 10 hours ahead. So the secret has come out. <laughs> you guys are the ones who picked this film, Eurotrip. I believe not we me. picked it together in a form of kismet. I don't know if you guys is really a proper term either. I've seen this movie. 
it was not one that came to mind i'll admit uh, uh for this, this podcast is gavin's favorite film but hey <laughs> here we are i was so excited that you guys picked this one because i was i was kind of worried i would hate it like that you remember it better because you were younger and it was like cooler then and all the above and it was a great like trip down to self also like there's so many parts that obviously i didn't get as a 10 year old and now as an adult <laughs> or like having been to europe is like 20 times funnier and, oh yes oh man it's like it's still good like you know you have well, to be a well, little well, 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 molly half save, understands save that, how yeah. this podcast yeah. works <laughs> just going for it i think yeah unfortunately the catchphrase for the podcast is we'll get to that though We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about this later. <laughs> okay, perfect. When uh, when did you first go to Europe? Technically, I'd been to Ireland when I was nine or ten or something. But my first time, I was dating a guy from Eastern Europe, ironically, because it's in this film. Um, and I went when I was 16 to Hungary and Romania. And I flew over there alone and had kind of like a bunch of time alone, which was super fun, but also I don't know how I didn't die within that 24 hours. Um, and it was a very wild, very wild journey for 16 coming. From, well, it was coming from uh, like California, you know, to like mostly third world places. Um, it was very eye opening, no rules, drank a lot, had a mm -hmm. great time. It's an awesome place. I love Hungary. I love Transylvania, Romania area. Um, yeah, it was it was crazy town. I basically went on like college spring break for a whole summer <laughs> with my boyfriend at the time, which was like so cool. Are you mostly in like the cities during this trip or did you get to actually like hang out in the countryside, do some Romani shit? Yeah, I like we were in Budapest for that 24 hours and that was it. He was from um, this very rural part of Transylvania. So his, some of his family lived in like rural part of Hungary. We spent some time there out on this farm. It was really cool. Um, and then we like the rest of it, we were over in Romania. So in Romania is like, you know, no indoor plumbing, like dirt roads, the cattle still drive through town, horse and cart. Like you're basically half camping and you're living like it's 1880, you know? So it was like the coolest trip ever. Um, one of my favorite cholera. places still. What's that? Do you get cholera, dysentery? <laughs> I have all of it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've just cool got too. like a Girl Scout badge of all the things I've collected, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but no, I mean, it is very third world, but um, but they drink palinka, which I'm sure, Sage, you've traveled enough. You've probably had. It's similar to um, in Georgia. It, um, is that like cha-cha or like yeah, rocky? Yeah, or... exactly. Okay. Yeah. So like, you know, taking shots of that at 8 a.m. with his grandmother to like yep, yep. stay healthy was like you know, my every day at 16 in Romania. It was, it was great. It was a great time. But yeah, basically only in rural parts where there was, you know, no English to be found and not a lot of Western uh, delicacies, I guess. Western is maybe the wrong word for it, but yeah. Something I think about a lot is how uh, the, the word for cheers in most languages just means to your health and uh, different cultures take that very differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the 8 a.m. shot of uh, homemade bathtub grape vodka uh, 
is is very much to make you stronger and healthier <laughs> in some places. It works. I mean, I'll be honest. I always say my regimen for when I'm sick or to never get sick is vodka and pho. Like if I'm feeling like I'm getting sick, I drink a lot of vodka and go get pho. Like that's <laughs> you, it you works. Have a pho All chaser. Those- yeah. I mean, it, those cultures like do well for a reason, I, I guess. I don't know. Kept me healthy. I never got sick. So yeah, I, I believe in it. Hot and sour soup as like, uh, yeah. See? Yep. They know what they're doing. You just need alcohol and hot soup and you're good. You're good to go. <laughs> Gavin, uh, when did you first see this movie? Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly. I... It it kind of blended in with the rest of, like, I'm sure we'll talk about Road Trip, I think is sort of the prequel, or like the first, and this is semi-spinoff sequel territory, maybe? Um, it is and it isn't. I always I always thought that, um, that this was probably the same people involved, and this movie not. was originally called Ugly Americans, and then got changed to Euro Trip to, like, Cash capitalize off that. of that how yeah, successful yeah. Road Trip was, which it was actually a very successful movie. Um, made like a hundred million over it, but road trip was <laughs> the Euro trip. Uh, I can't tell if it lost money or not because I don't know how to do the math on things that have a, a life on DVD. I or think us three or... watching it on streaming services recently finally took it over <laughs> that threshold uh, and it's now made its money back is my, my, my assumption. You think us watching it on Amazon Prime <laughs> really made the difference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Included with like... Prime, of course. We didn't rent it, but. It is a movie that probably because of of the age I was when it came out, like all my friends had seen that movie. I thought it was a lot bigger and more popular than it apparently was, which was surprising to see. It was a kind of saturated scene there with the American Pie spinoff sequels and uh, what is it? Sex Drive came later, right? Sex Drive is, is, yeah, like 2008, 2009. Sex Drive is also a movie I fucking love. (laughs) You see, again, blends together. I just remember these titles. Totally different movie. (laughs) It's got James Marsden as a bullying older brother. It's it's the best James Marsden role. I had the same as you, Sage. I thought thought Euro, well, maybe you were talking about Road Trip, but I thought Euro Trip was like the biggest deal. Like I thought Mm -hmm. everybody had seen it and it was like, the ultimate, like taking over the world, and I reference it to friends, and nobody has any idea what I'm talking about. What, what yeah. catchphrases do you remember that you can shout out? Like that you just like. No, why aren't you guys getting this? I think my main one was the um, was just Scotty doesn't know. Honestly, like that okay. song is like a song that it's a bop for sure. Yeah, and I was like, how the hell do you guys not know this? Like now you're gonna tell me you don't know Weezer? Like da da da. You know, I'm just like like losing my mind. But, I can yeah, imagine no. making the sound effects while doing the robot dances too, like being a pretty common <laughs> thing. That like you wind up forgetting whether or not that's just part of the dance move or is you referencing a movie. Yeah, well, the good one was the um, "I'm never drinking again." You know, <laughs> every time he drinks, "I'm never drinking again." It's just like we all say that, we all do that. <laughs> I also constantly still walk into situations and just go, this isn't where I parked my car. <laughs> no, you do not. <laughs> I mean, I my big one, and and this is true, is when I'll see a group of British people traveling, I will scream, <laughs> my baby takes the morning train. <laughs> and sometimes they get it, sometimes they don't. I'm still not sure how uh, how popular this movie is in Europe. Or if they're just Billy Joel fans over there. It's Billy Joel, right? <laughs> I don't know. I had to look it up earlier today and I've already forgotten. 
I don't know. I don't know that that answer either. But I will say it did it did confuse me on what real English people were like, like soccer. So, I mean, it kind of is accurate. <laughs> are you, are you saying of... this movie did not properly prepare you for what to experience in Europe? Yeah, well, not everybody was yelling and shouting and aggressive. And I was like, well, what's happening here? Wait, what is wait. This? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> like in the movie Euro Trip, like they're so in like intense and aggressive and like and that hasn't been your experience in Europe? I mean, yeah, in parts and, you know, depending <laughs> on what sporting activities going on, but yeah, depending <laughs> on which team's bar you're in for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a fair point. But. I was going to say, I've been on a train in Italy where someone came on and started like a soccer fighting song at 8 a.m. And it was the loudest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I think it was an extension of the night before. I don't know. Either way, it was way too early. And the uh, the nuns on the on the seats next to me would agree. I was really expecting <laughs> your Italian train story to go a different direction based yeah, on this movie. Yeah, I did too. Fair enough. I Fair actually... enough. There was also after they all left at the uh, the station before Pompeii, uh, there were just some loose kids running around screaming "Pizza, pizza!" <laughs> That's so this Italian. is true. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into a German soccer team in Amsterdam, and I was like alone in Amsterdam partying, of course, as you do there. And mm. they like took me in like one of their teammates, and it was the best night of being part of a soccer team I've ever had in my life. It was like, you know, just I was singing some kind of German soccer song. I don't know what it was. And I don't know the real words, obviously, because I don't speak German. But man, it was a very, very wild Mine, time. baby. <laughs> yeah. I was just singing that in German. But man, it made me want to, I was like, oh, like I want to be in Europe, like be like the ultimate soccer fan or like part of a soccer team because all the chants they were doing together and all the crazy shot. It was a fun time. I I appreciate soccer people, football people. Yeah, I was gonna say, what is what is soccer? That's soccer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, American football too. I just really <laughs> wanted to just you know drive that screw in a little further. All right, cool. <laughs> should we? Uh, <laughs> should we? Uh, should we summarize this movie? I don't know. Uh, well, no one's asked me how I saw it. Yeah, which I'm Ooh, feeling pretty left sage. out. Sage, give it to no, us. I uh, I. I discovered this movie as part of, all right, so the, the fishing village that I grew up in mm-hmm. had a deal that we've talked about on this podcast a few times, which is five for five for five, which is five movies for five days for $5. It's so you could take them out on the boat. And uh, also not a profitable business was on its way out. <laughs> but they didn't have a lot of competition. And that's so. how I first saw this movie on a boat. Uh, and then I, I bought it. And I watched it many times. Uh, we'd go back to this fishing village like every summer. Um, and there'd be a lot of downtime to just watch movies. And uh, I watched the normal version, the unrated version, all the deleted scenes, um, oft- oftentimes uh, uh, alone because this is a very special <laughs> teenage movie. Because <clears throat> there's so many boobs in it. <laughs> there are a lot of boobs. There's a lot of boobs in this movie. And there's more in the unrated version. And then there's deleted scenes with nudity in them. And... <laughs> It's a porno. Uh, the actual, there are parts of this movie, even in the commentary, he talks about uh, making the um, the orange juice commercial that's just the, the two girls topless making out. And he said, like, after a minute, we're just like, oh, we're just directing porn and we should stop. 
<laughs> which is oh one God. of the reasons there's a lot of the stuff that didn't make it into the movie. It's like, we only yeah. need so much. We already have a beach full of dicks. The directors like, of this movie famously Puritan and like cutting off any orange you know, uh, commercial they could. Motivated nudity. <laughs> but the, the biggest reason I talk about like all the different versions I watched is because they all blend together into one movie in such a way that like I'm not sure what is actually in the movie and what is additional or extended content sometimes. Uh, even though I watched the movie again two days ago, there are there are scenes in my head that I'm not I'm not sure are in the movie you guys just watched. Well, and some of it's from your fan fiction too, right? Uh, right, or like the three Euro Trip uh, sequels that I wrote: Euro Trip yeah. Harder, Euro Trip with a Vengeance, yeah, the Euro Trip to Spain. I would love your deep analysis, the full essay by Sage on on Euro Trip. Character we'll get analysis. to our we'll get to our pitch. We'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we can summarize the movie. Gavin, who wants to okay. summarize this? Cool. So- I'll do it. <laughs> this one's an easy one. No, Sometimes gonna... the guests jump in, yeah. because this movie is really just like segmented by places where things happen in this place, and then they go to this place, and then this place, and it's uh, doesn't always flow organically but it's very easy to remember so scott i'm gonna click over and find his name all right scotty scott. it's just scotty we don't know he doesn't um he also <laughs> he does not know. know scotty doesn't know uh scotty and his friends are graduating high school uh and he wants to talk to his girlfriend fiona about their about their future together and fiona is uh is too busy cheating on him and uh leaves him in a, a very very Brutal and careless fashion. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, they go to, to a, a party where at least one of uh, the guys Fiona has cheated on it with is uh, singing a song about how Scotty doesn't know about all the sex they have together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Matt uh, Damon. It's called, it's called Scotty doesn't know. Yeah. Um, My favorite refrain being "I did her on his birthday." <laughs> yeah. So it's a very it's a very good song, and you'll obviously hear it at the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty's at at a very low place, and one of the few things he does have going on in his life is a uh, pen pal that he's very, very bonded with, uh, someone who really gets him and understands him, and it's this uh, this German man named uh, Mike. Um, and then through some classic 2004 homophobia, he thinks mm-hmm. Mike's trying to come to America to, to fuck him, but <laughs> – Fortunately for the movie, uh, he's just very bad at German, and it's actually a beautiful girl named Mika, and she should come to America to fuck him. But oops, it's too late, and uh, now the movie moves to Europe. Scotty, his uh, his best friend Cooper, and uh, later on two twins that they also go to high school with all go to Europe, and uh, Scotty starts in London. Because, as Cooper points out, Europe is is very small, and you can just get anywhere, mm-hmm. which is not true. <laughs> it is smaller than the United States for the fo- for the most part, with a good trade system. But uh, you can't just get from London to Berlin <laughs> very fast. Um, but they get to London. They meet some soccer hooligans. Um, they almost get in a fight, but then they become best friends. And they wake up on a bus that is going to Paris. They meet up with their other friends in Paris, and they decide, hey, we're all in Europe. Let's combine our plans, uh, not go to any of our friends' museums that he wants to go to, 
uh, but we'll go, you know, we'll go to Amsterdam. We'll go to Berlin. I forget what the other plans are, but they map it all out. Oh, they, Denmark, I think, was one of them. They're like, yeah, oh, they're going to go to Denmark for some reason. Denmark. Yeah. <laughs> Can't imagine being a teenager, like, really wanted to go to Denmark. <laughs> That's That was the weirdest part for me, honestly. I was like, of all the places in Europe and someone... In the group. Still don't want to go to Denmark. I've been to Denmark wow. and it didn't live up to. I mean, it was cool for a day, and then I was over it by the next day. I was like, "All right, now what?" You know? Yeah. Clearly, neither of you collect wooden shoes because. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's number one on my list. I'm not but... huge into mermaids either, so there's just not a lot for me. Well, the mermaid. I think the mermaid statue is probably like the size of this desk, or like you know, half of my torso. I don't think it's. All that you impressive. want you want a bigger mermaid statue. I need, if you're gonna make me go to a statue, it better be big. Like it better be like, impressive. You know, we'll attach pictures of Molly's desk and torso for reference later, <laughs> <laughs> just so Full you understand the size of uh, of the statue. <laughs> uh, they catch they catch a train and have a uh, a rendezvous with a handsy Italian. Uh, they try to go to a nude beach, and it does not work very well. They have misadventures in Amsterdam, where they try to have drug brownies and fail. They try to go to a sex club and technically succeed, but uh, <laughs> does not work the way he wants. And then one of the guys gets robbed and laid at the same time, and uh, it's really the weakest part of the film, because none of those three things held up very well. <laughs> no. <laughs> not one of them. <laughs> Uh, so now that they're out of money, they uh, try to hitchhike to Berlin, uh, and they get in a car that is going um, – shit, where is it going? Nowhere near Berlin. <laughs> but again, Scotty's German is very bad, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they end up in um, in Eastern Europe in Bratislava, which never gets a country name but is in uh, Slovakia. Maybe Czechoslovakia at the time. I forget when they separated. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe that's why they didn't give it a country name. They weren't sure either. And they're like, this seems pretty unstable. We want to future-proof this movie. And they only have a dollar and 83 cents left, uh, which is not enough to get you anything except a five-star hotel with a full staff and a night out at a club. (laughs) That's still the joke that works the best for me. It's a dollar and 83 cents. What are we going to get for that? Smash cut to Sweet Life. Yeah, I loved I love that part still. And in fu- it's funny because in my head I remembered it being like way more money than that, like ten dollars or fifteen dollars. Nope, a so dollar and like, eighty three cents. Yeah, it was even funnier this time around. So I was like, oh my god. That that bit where he says he's like hands over the nickel to the waiter and says, For you, my I think good about man. That all the and time. he turns to his boss and says, I quit. Slaps him across the face and says, I'm opening my own restaurant. <laughs> get fucked <laughs> and i'm just like damn okay that you know, good bit the random <laughs> guy good. that they met uh drives them to berlin uh where they find mika's father who tells them oh uh you don't have to spend any part of this movie in berlin you should go to rome where mika is and uh <laughs> so they go to rome mika's taking a, a tour of the vatican uh, they're a very knowledgeable museum friend, pretends to be a tour guide so that they can get past the Swiss Guard and into uh, the Vatican. Uh, Scotty accidentally becomes the Pope for <laughs> for a brief period. And? Oh, yeah. Oh, and then he professes his love to Mika <laughs> and everything works part. out. Well, it's just like the ending of the movie is just like, all right, there's some stuff that has to happen and it's not that funny and it's not that memorable. Yeah, it's, we're, we're, we're culturally... Yeah. Uh, required to close out this romantic loop where 
Uh, there's no drama left in that, really. He just says, I think you're perfect for me. Yeah. And she goes, I agree. <laughs> let's let's move in together as a surprise. I'll well, surprise that too, you by I moving suppose. into your dorm at, uh, at Oberlin. And, <laughs> you know, every, and, uh, everyone's dream. Scotty's friends also <laughs> hook up and get together, and uh, the movie's over. Yeah, it's like coming out of high school, but you just solved your entire life by the end of the summer before college. <laughs> it's just, it's everyone's the, life. Yeah, we've all been yeah. there. We've all. I mean, the, it's it's a weird thing because this isn't a common thing in the U.S. for people to take a year and go to Europe. You know where it is common? Europe. Yeah. It's called a gap year and fucking everyone does it. Well, they're already in Europe, and it's so small, it's really easy to get around. But go other saying. places as well. I don't think, like, <laughs> I haven't asked everyone where they spent their gap year, but most people that I've met traveling in Europe, like, took a gap year and went to Southeast Asia or South America or something, and, like... Yeah, there's that joke where, like, it's like, oh, my gap year? They say gap year? Like, it's like, you know, like, on my gap year, I did this, you know? Yeah. I hooked up with 20 Brazilians. You're like, oh my God. Which is different than holidaying. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. And There's... also different than working at the Gap for a year, which a lot of Americans do which after a lot of Americans high, do school. high school. <laughs> Our Gap yeah. years are just, you know, down to the grindstone. <laughs> no, you're an adult now. You just, you have to work. There's, there's a... There's a lot of reasons Americans don't do it the same way Europeans do. Some of it's just, like, what's promoted as cultural, but also just, like, you know, in America, once you're an adult, like, you're fucking on your own, and there's no support system anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty true. It's like, okay, you graduated high school, well, you must have thousands of dollars ready for college. <laughs> you must just be ready right. to work and never sleep. There's only been one time in my entire life when I was eligible for unemployment, and it was last year. <laughs> and they had to change a lot of yeah. things to let anyone access money. <laughs> yeah, it did yeah. kind of suck having like money from unemployment and then not being able to go anywhere. <laughs> like, damn it, I finally <laughs> have money, and now I just got to sit on it. I'm like a king in a castle. Just kidding, I still don't have money. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> One of the, one of the main reasons your trip has been on my mind is because I actually went to Greece for for most of July. Yeah, that trip looked amazing. It was, and I think like I wouldn't be able to do it next month. Like we'll see where everything goes together. But I saw like a window to actually go somewhere and do some stuff. Yeah, and I check it. Yeah, like two months earlier wouldn't have been possible, and I think two months later wouldn't have been possible. Although I'm I'm optimistic I'll get to go somewhere for for winter. Or I know you're or such a you like that must have been your worst nightmare with COVID that because you're such a like travel bug. It must have freaked you out like staying in one spot. I mean, mostly just the not being able to leave my house that much. <laughs> Like True. the travel thing did get pushed to a side, but after a year, it like really started to bug me. Of course, yeah, you can't really call it a staycation if you can't leave your house. Yeah, and that's that's the whole mindset, you know. That's true. And it was like I'd moved down to L.A. right before the pandemic, and like wasn't even really able to go to Mexico, which is only three hours away. Uh, I finally done that road trip uh, twice now, but like not until after I got my shots. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Although gosh. apparently the border was just open the whole time and you could always go and no one told me. 
Yeah, that's what I was confused. I was like, I think you've always been able to go. They just like shut down the beaches for camping, I think. Like you can go to, I don't know. We're a bunch yeah. of like kennel dogs waiting for our shots. It sucks. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we're good now. Good now. Yeah, until we need that third shot. But <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> so who has been um, to any of the places featured in this movie? Not counting Prague, where everything was actually shot. Huh. I've I've been to all the spots except for the nondescript Bratislava. Oh no, that's so true. That's so not true. I haven't been to Rome. I've been to Venice, but I've never been to Rome. Okay. Yeah. Are they I mean, even in Venice? I feel like so much of this movie no, no. is no. ill-described in terms of where they even are. Well, most of the time they're like just inside a place yeah. yeah most of this movie takes place inside and like the the outside set pieces are pretty much just like the Very proggy and yeah. then they get to big bed and there's just there's some bad green screen because they just shot it all in Prague and just like all right now look out at the big ben <laughs> but you could also hang out with vinnie jones inside of this pub or on this double decker bus that's going through the countryside <laughs> that's one of the more so, fun sets in this movie i oh, would yeah. have to say the double those decker. buses are those buses are beautiful. Oh and, yeah, yeah. They're and they so get to cool. Paris and they're just yelling at everyone <laughs> yeah, driving like, on the wrong side. Get on the right side of the road, you fuckers! Yeah, that was my favorite. That's like I forgot about that part and didn't fully understand it as a young kid. But holy shit, that was funny when they're like, "You guys are the ones driving on the wrong side of the road." And it would be uh, it would be a problem enough for a double decker bus to be driving through Paris if it was going yeah. the right way. Like those streets are so small. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> that part was the best. And they're chasing down the fan, the soccer fan. <laughs> oh god, yeah, that poor guy. Oh, it's great. <laughs> oh, it was so that movie is like um well, first off, I forgot Fred Armisen. You were talking about so sorry. I I you were talking about something totally different, but I just remembered Fred Armisen. I can't not like I can't believe I never put that together. I never mm -hmm. remembered him being part of that movie, and I have a creepy crush on him. But Fair enough. You see a lot of him in this movie. Well, one very handsy moment, yeah. You actually <laughs> don't see a lot of him because uh, most of it takes place in a tunnel. Right, there's a lot yeah. of lights being turned off. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 But, Sage, I'm sure you've been to all those spots in the movie. Uh, Not... Uh, yes, maybe. I have been to Bratislava. <laughs> um. Oh. They have a weird thing. I spent a Christmas in Bratislava, and there's a weird tradition in Slovakia where for Christmas, everyone will just keep a carp in their bathtub for like a week, and then they'll have Christmas carp. Wow. Um, yeah. Like so alive had... in the bathtub? So it's fresh? No, no. It's like frozen with the ice cube. It's just like it's too big to fit in a freezer. Sure, so that makes sense. So they just make the bathtub into a freezer, uh, and no one told me, and I ended up just staying with you know somebody I met at the train station. Uh, me, my girlfriend and I at the time just like got a, a room in their house and when I used the bathroom there was just a dead fish in the bathtub <laughs> it was so normal for him he did a thing to be like oh by the way it's Christmas time in Bratislava <laughs> dead fish in the bathtub look out for the dead fish in the bathtub do you have to shower with it like do you, or you just don't use that no bathtub? one bathes for that week yeah <laughs> yeah no it's <laughs> It's a, it's a very good question. I mean, it's part of, like, you're already eating fish, so it's going to be an overpowering stench anyway, comparatively. So it's, yeah. Very true. Gavin, yeah. just coming in with the logic. 
Thank God. <laughs> that was a fun misadventure, but that's really all I know about Bratislava because it was really just like holidays screwing up the rest of our plans as we went from like Prague to Budapest. We just ended up like the train didn't transfer. The train just ended. So we had to spend the night in, in Bratislava. Did you do um, the Euro trip uh, tour in Prague <laughs> where you visit all the different set pieces? Uh, I don't think that's a thing. They do have a triple X tour. Where, um, where you the, visit from the all movie. the scenes from Triple X. Yeah, because yeah, they filmed a lot. In the, I mean, it really is, you know, <laughs> they're going from one famous landmark to another in like 20 seconds between them, just pretending all these European cities have all of their mm-hmm. landmarks right next to each other, which for the most part isn't true. It's kind of true in Rome. Yeah, it's like all in that, like the Vatican City, yeah? Yeah. It's like all kind of right near each other. But even even on Eurotrip, like they they get off in the Coliseum and they just walk to Vatican City and like that that would take like forty minutes. Um, but for for two giant sites, that's that's really not that far walking distance. Yeah. I mean, um, Gavin, if you wanted to go see our our L.A. cultural touchstones, how far would you have to walk between them? I shudder to think. How far is it from the Hollywood sign to the tar pits? <laughs> yeah. I don't I mean, that's like maybe a 30-minute drive on a bad day. <laughs> exactly. It's probably like three hours long. <laughs> yeah, so it is, it is weird to, to see these things. Well, that's kind of, you got to remember, like, how many, how, many, how many of the UK can you fit in California? Four, I think. We'll go with that. I, I was, yeah, I was, had no clue, but a lot. Direct you know, your angry call, comments to Molly <laughs> on, uh, on Instagram. I think, yeah. yeah, yeah, call me out, but I'm pretty sure it's four times. Yeah, it's nuts. Or something ridiculous. And that's weird, like, growing up in the Bay Area, like, we're so central in terms of California, or, you know, in the middle of California, it takes forever to get out of state. And, right. you know, for all for all you're saying about it, it is hard to hop between countries in Europe. It's not compared to, like, even getting between states in the United States, especially when the EU was more of a thing and right. all that silliness. Brexit, rearing its ugly head again. Hello. <laughs> It's the Brexit pod. We're back. All yeah, right. it's actually just all bashing Brexit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think America's a great road trip place, but I don't know if it's, it's too much yeah. of a road trip place. Yeah, it it is funny. Like I remember listening to I forget who was doing it, but there was like some European director who was making a very like Americana movie, and hearing them talk about like finally getting to co- come over and road trip around America and like just the, the way they cherished it. Um, it's so fascinating, like reading those pieces on people who really get into like the American Americana, like road trip. Uh, same with like fear and loathing in Las Vegas ends with like this long spiel about like the heart of America and stuff. Right. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, hard for me to see it when I'm, you know, I, I love truck stop diners. Uh, burgers tend to be okay. Coffee tends to flow pretty freely, you know, so what more do you want? But, like, having that turn into, like, what's beautiful about America, it's fun to listen to. Well, it's also just, like, it's really (laughs) different than what anyone gets in Europe. Because I've met a lot of Europeans who romanticize that idea of, like, the the vast emptiness in the the middle of the country. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, while Europe might be a little bit smaller, it's, like, twice the population of the United States. And that means most of it's pretty dense. Yeah. Yeah, I think Europe definitely did that to me. I mean, I think it made me romanticize America more, aside from, you know, (laughs) people. But, like, Mm -hmm. aside from that, I think it definitely made me romanticize 
all of those Americana things that I kind of took for granted, you know, even just deserts, like even just going into like a desert landscape or something. And yeah, where they're like, oh, you've been to Death Valley. And I'm like, how in the (laughs) world? Like nobody, nobody in California is like, holy shit. Death. I mean, Death Valley is gorgeous. I love that place. But you know, it's like, it's odd to be over there. And they're like, whoa, that desert landscape or whatever. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the grass is always greener, including in like Death Valley where there's not much grass. <laughs> yeah, and the grass is greener in Europe where there's beautiful <laughs> green rolling hills. <laughs> well, a, a question I get asked a lot when I'm traveling is like, oh, I want to go to to the United States. So wh- what should I do if I have two weeks of like, well, you just you pick an area and you stay there. <laughs> like you can't get, I mean, I guess if, if, if money isn't an issue, but even then you're only really able to go to two or three places. Like I always recommend like, you go to like New Orleans, that's unlike any place on the planet. Mm-hmm. New York even isn't, like there's yeah. not very many cities in the world that could be compared to New York. Um, West Coast is different, but I tell people like you should fly to like the Southwest and rent a car. You'll see some of the coolest shit you'll ever see. And that's personally how I, if I only got two weeks left in the U.S., that's how I would spend them. You know, oh. when when I inevitably have to flee the country. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know, yeah. I'm planning it's coming, for it's it. coming soon. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can see, you know, all the, the Rockies and and the white sands and caves in the areas. You can go to Vegas, see how goddamn weird that place is. I think I, I, think I would still pick California because I feel like California, well, I have too much pride in this damn state, but sure. Um, I think it's we like the amount of times I've, I, you know, I always think, I always try, I, I do a pretty good job exploring California and like trying to find new places and little hidden gems here and there, although half of mm-hmm. them are being burned down these days. Um, but I think California always surprises me because every time, you know, I think I can't find an equivalent to somewhere else in the country or even sometimes the world. I'm like, oh, you know, I find a new little like regional park that has some hidden beautiful landscape or whatever it is. Like California kind of has everything in the state. It's just sometimes a little bit more hidden. So and yeah, and it is again just a gigantic state. <laughs> yeah, there's so much. I mean, it's like yeah, yeah. it's a few states in one. You know. Yeah. Seems but... seems pretty small to me, but. So we're all agreed on Cal Exit then too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm at this point. Hell yeah, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> what could go um, wrong? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We still have escape routes, though, because we've got a, a Mexico border, and I'm sure Oregon and Washington would come with us. So then we still have Canada escape. Small, like, shout-out. I guess I would have brought it up later, although I wasn't thinking about it. But Cal Exit, fun comic series, ended way too soon because the writer just got busy doing other things. But if you want to read about the uh, authoritarian overreach that causes a socialist rift in california that uh takes up arms it's a fun little fun little read sounds great i'm more into fiction <laughs> oh <laughs> Good um, stage. Yeah. speaking of fiction back to the movie <laughs> so speaking like of california the, <laughs> i mentioned before that this is not as connected to to road trip as i previously thought i believe it comes from the same studio which is how they were able to just just rename it to trip and get away with it um, but the creative team um, went on to do The League and Barry and Silicon Valley. Oh. It comes from Jeff Shaper and Alec Berg, um, who have, uh, I, I would argue, m- matured as comedy. <laughs> yeah, refined I would say those their are all, comedy. 
stronger but pieces of work. <laughs> I remember six to, from 16 years ago or whatever, like watching – I mean I watched this movie so much that I watched the, the commentary and the commentary over the deleted scenes. And one thing that stuck to me is like the kind of designing principle in this movie is like, all right, so these kids want to go to Europe. What does everyone want to – what does every horny 18-year-old want to want to do in Europe? They want to get drunk in London. They want to go to a sex club in Amsterdam. They want, they want to, go to buy a, drink like a lot a of absinthe. Right? Yeah, they want to go to a yeah. nude beach. Uh, so, like, all right. So, what if we do all those things and they all go wrong? Like, yeah. that is really what this entire movie is. They really, I, I actually watching it. They did a really good job sticking to like this, like full on structure of a script. You know, like it, it is kind of like a very. Um, dumbed down easy version of whatever the hero's journey or the you know save the cat beat sheet or whatever they kind of like hit it every single every single time with like what what would go wrong or what could go wrong and i don't know it was i mean that was an obvious statement but for a kind of b movie you know c maybe d movie (laughs) yeah it's coming from a very strong lineage of both the road trip movie and the sex comedy like all the all those movies like porky's uh the american pie series those big at the same time like you've got your all the all those scenes are designed around bits you're hanging it pretty loosely on a structure of you're going from a to b in order to say something you don't really need that much development in between because the develop the, the weight is just being carried by the scene structures it's not these aren't strong character pieces <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do. I do like the relationship between Cooper and um, oh, I forgot her name in it. Michelle um, Trachtenberg. Yeah, same character name. No one knows. Yeah. Yeah. What is <laughs> her name in it? I don't know. Sure, Jenny. Jenny, of course. Yeah, and um, I love that. Like the whole movie, it's like you know, you're one of the guys. You're not. You're not mm-hmm. like a girl. Like I did love that little tiny arc in there, but um, yeah, <laughs> so many things about this movie I forgot about. And some of them are really true, though, in Europe. Like, they did kind of hit the... I would love to hear the backstory on, like, if some of this shit happened to them or if they truly just, like, made it up. Because I'm sure the real story is worse. What do you mean? What specifically are are you referencing there? Like... Um, oof, God. Well, the absinthe part, Mm -hmm. I'd love to know their first experience on, like, real absinthe. What was your first experience with absinthe? My first experience, actually, it everything stopped me from ever. I always wanted to have like the kind that you hallucinate with the wormwood or whatever. Yeah, and I went to this um, in Paris with one of my very good friends. We were very drunk off of every alcohol. We like we got we landed at eight a.m. and we got a huge bottle of wine and a big ass baguette. And we just started walking the streets. Like we each had one of those, and mm-hmm. so we just started walking the streets. Almost got arrested. It was like, it was quite the day. Anyway, we end up at this like speakeasy absinthe place where like, like it looks like a house. You go in the house and then there's like a wall that opens up. And anyway, it was like, I was so excited. I was like, we're going to hallucinate. It's going to be the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I'm probably going to do like, you know, end up at home naked, da da da, like all this stuff. Anyway, I was waiting and waiting and I hate the taste of absinthe that turns out and I kept drinking it and drinking it and getting really drunk and then I was like (laughs) they told me like no we don't sell that stuff anymore like we don't do it yeah I I, I've had it quite a few times in the in the in here in the U.S. I've actually got some in my uh, 
in my kitchen right now. What? Drink it whenever we remember it's there. But it's it's doesn't have wormwood in it, oh. and that's why it's legal to import. And uh, yeah, I had the same thing. I think I had it like at a party right before high school ended. Someone brought absinthe as like they just got in into the import business, and they're like, "I'm this is what I'm doing with my life, guys. I sell absinthe now." <laughs> what? <laughs> and so that was my first trying it. And yeah, the I'm not a huge fan of liquor, which is kind of what it tastes or licorice, which it tastes like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you run anything through enough sugar, it still tastes pretty good. And it is a it is a different kind of drunk, but it's not hallucinogenic. It's just like I feel kind of light and very drunk. Yeah. Yeah. End of <laughs> But this is the movie. I'm a big fan of of Anise Slickers. You know, like Uzo, Pastis, any any country, especially along the Mediterranean, that makes a licorice liquor, I'm I'm fucking into. Ugh, I hate also, it. The big thing in Greece is the two big liquors are um, like Rocky, which is mm-hmm. the same as like Rocky and Chacha, and just it's that bathtub grape vodka that I was talking about earlier, and Uzo, which is which is the anise liquor. And half the people I would meet would love Rocky and hate Uzo. And that just blew my mind because one of those is a thing I would want. And one of those is is something I had to yell at people to stop giving to me and expecting me to drink. (laughs) Jesus. You poor thing. Well. (laughs) Well, we were all promised, I feel like, by not only this movie, but like for me it was um, the movie that we just talked about, the musical Moulin Rouge. Uh, really set the bar high for what you want out of a absinthe drink. But that's the same yes. thing as like you know smoking Fair. weed. Back in the day, it's like all the representations of it on film is like you're going to fucking trip balls, and it's yeah. just like you're gonna yeah. go see uh, Freddy as a caterpillar. <laughs> Instead, you're gonna laugh a little bit and maybe get sleepy and hungry. I yeah. think it's like I think it's kind of like a good um a good like you know almost setting our expectations so high that when we actually whatever participate yeah. in these things. It Dare funded it, all of this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I think it's like a reverse psychology thing. It was a yeah, it was an American psyop uh, coordinated by the government and run through um, <laughs> Universal, Paramount, all the big, all the big studios. I see it. I see it. I see it for what it is. <laughs> the trails there. We just gotta. This is the new Brexit. Open your movie. eyes, yeah. people. Yeah. Open your eyes, everyone. <laughs> They're trying to get us to not drink absinthe. <laughs> yeah. So so. You know, 16 years later, uh, what are some of the comedy beats that uh, don't work as well? <laughs> this is always one of the awkward parts when we're talking about older comedies is like, what made you cringe in this movie? I'm trying to remember if I didn't cringe back then on a lot of this. Like, there are parts of it that I definitely didn't that I cringe at now. But, like, there's a lot more assault in this movie <laughs> than I yeah. was ready for. But... That also feels like commonplace, but yeah, the uh, specifically the nude nude beach scene was way more horrifying than I remembered. Yeah, parts of this movie are a little rapey. Yeah, um, I agree, Gavin. I think like I cringed a lot even as a ten year old, like especially the twins making out. But I didn't. <laughs> I did, yeah, I, oh. that is comes out like I don't know. Yeah, that part's still funny. <laughs> No. It's like it's a thing that I'm just like this is a bold choice to just put in the movie in the first place. But uh it doesn't bother me as much as like the the handsy Italians or the 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 beach full of people who are willing to chase after the one woman that they see. The awkward like sexual mugging that just yeah. goes on way longer than it needs to. <laughs> well, it's just like those jokes aren't aren't good. Yeah. Like one of the characters is uh hooking up with a girl he met at a camera shop, which that's fine. 
but then he gets robbed and the robber both does and doesn't know that he's getting a blowjob while it happens so he's like reacting to to the act that's happening and then reacting to things he's saying as if he doesn't know what's happening and it's just it's all garbage they didn't even like cast a dutch person i know that's not the biggest quibble but like i don't understand what diedrich vader is is doing in that scene uh i'm, I'm sure he didn't enjoy it yeah the um i don't know like all those parts though i remember younger i mean especially with that whole like american pie phase of the world mm-hmm. Like, I do remember being 10 and being like, what? That'd be so cool to be in Europe and just hooking up all over the place. (laughs) I do kind of remember, like, not that I'm that kind of person, but, you know, when you're 10, you're like, But you were that kind of 10-year-old. Yes, I was that kind of 10-year-old. Yeah, I guess, God, the cat's out of the bag now. But, yeah, I was like, what? That is awesome. They're just in an alley? Like, this is crazy. (laughs) What's an alley? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But I definitely think now as an adult, it's like, oh, man, the reality of that is just like so boring to watch. You know, it just doesn't work. Well, yeah. Did anyone have a sexual awakening with the uh, Bandersex uh, scenes? Oh, God. Sage? No, but the hot tub. Um <laughs> <laughs> the hot tub makes or the uh the that statue is such a, in that France. is a very cringy scene Oof, the hot tub yeah that went on so long too like like it, it would have been okay until the part of like take your top off that part was like all right this is fucked <laughs> like this is not well so that's another one of the scenes that i remember differently in in my mind which was like when he crashes in like she already has her top off like everyone mm-hmm. in there was and I, I don't know if this was another version or just something I manufactured to have it make more sense. <laughs> but just because the awkward way is like, yeah, you've got something. He, she does, he doesn't even say on your bikini. He like manufactures the situation for her to take her top off. And it just doesn't make sense that for anything other than no. like, oh, this movie needs nudity now. Sure. Um, yeah. And like if she was just topless from the beginning and covering yourself and then changing, at least it removes that part of it. Yeah. There was definitely like a quote to hit back then of nudity. Yeah, there's a lot in this movie of just, like, th- things happen because they need to happen. The The transitions between environments are also very sloppy. Like, they get from Bratislava to Berlin because someone they just ran into a day before just pulls up in a van and says, get in, I'm going to Berlin, and, like, that wasn't established Yeah, that, that was pretty yeah. lazy, but also I love that character. Like, I, like, that is such a thing when, you know, oh, yeah. you're in Europe and they just keep shouting random American things at you. Like, yeah, Miami Weiss, number one show. Yeah, or like the Man, where's I, the meat, <laughs> you know. I I have been in a couple situations where, I, and I, I haven't done a lot of traveling, but early on I ran into the, oh, you're American? I love Americans. Uh, and it terrifies me every time. I'm not sure why. <laughs> it makes me so frightened and uncomfortable. Uh it happened in China because you're you're scared of love and affection. I got brought into like a back room with like Chinese military officers, and I was oh terrified. Gosh. But they right. were just trying to give me fruit and booze. Yeah, fruit but like, it's exactly. terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so Molly, a question that I had for for you specifically: uh, Did this movie uh, make you want to pretend to be the Pope? Okay, well, I have a track record of pretending to be the Pope, so, <laughs> and I'm literally officiating my sister's wedding, and it, it, my grandma is the one who wants me to dress as the Pope, 
as the yeah, four. Yeah, four. Mm-hmm. And she's the most religious one, but she's like, I'm old enough. It doesn't matter. And you, you're so sacrilegious anyway. It doesn't matter for you either. <laughs> We're all going yeah. to hell. What are, you, what are your sister's thoughts on that, man? Well, Marie, I mean, she's she's like in the middle because she part of her is like it would be pretty awesome and pretty hilarious. But um, I think I guess that show Shit's Creek did it anyway. So I'm probably mm. I'm I'm probably not going to do that. But yes, it did. That was one of my favorite parts of the film when I was younger. Was the Pope the Pope part? And, um, I, I don't know. I don't, we should all just dress as the Pope. I love that stupid hat, the big ass hat, (laughs) (laughs) like the nice little dress thing. It's just so cool. Um, but yes, I'm glad you asked Sage. I I did have a, I might, I'll get my Pope out outfit out later. (laughs) (laughs) That scene was admittedly stronger than I remembered it being. That was just some good physical comedy. It was some grade a, like, you know, cheesy slapsticky stuff. (laughs) That said, the the girl that I watched it with, who I believe grew up like more Catholic than I did, was like cringing and embarrassed through the whole thing and like not letting herself laugh, which is kind of my default for a lot of comedy. So I identify with that. But Mm -hmm. there was not a moment in the uh, the Pope is dead. They've elected a new Pope. uh, And now I've stumbled (laughs) through a bath curtain with a rod. Uh, There was not a moment of that where I felt awkward. I'm like, this is fucking good. No, and I love that it's it's paired with just the right amount of ex- exposition yes. through our character who has become a uh, what do you call it tour guide? Yes, yes. it's uh, perfect as a disguise. It's, yes, it's, I would, It's well written se- sequence. I would actually say, except for maybe like the Scotty doesn't know sequence, I would say it's the strongest part of the movie. Yeah, and then it's followed by you know the the culmination of the story, which we kind of almost have ceased to care about by that point but yeah, <laughs> yeah. i don't there care about the plot in this movie i <laughs> kind of care i've always trying to figure out how much okay so the difference between this and road trip is no one in this movie is famous <laughs> like some of the actors in road trip are people who were famous at the time sean william scott had just come off of american pie tom green was tom green i'm never sure how famous Meyer is he's just a person mm-hmm. i know from things yeah. i can't really name anyone from this cast i know like michelle trachtenberg was in buffy at the time but i couldn't yep. name a thing post euro trip post buffy she's been in jacob pitts who plays cooper um, Scott Mecklowitz, like they, they mostly disappeared. Uh, Jacob Pitts is on Justified as one of the deputies, and he does fantastic. And I think he deserves a better career because his charisma in this movie is enough to kind of move past some of the homophobic and sexist things he says. <laughs> like I'm able to dismiss it based on his charisma and the fact that it's 2004. I don't want to, but like it goes right. I just move on with the movie. Well, I totally forgot Matt Damon was in it. I <laughs> right. complete that like went over my head. Isn't that kid though the lead guy? Isn't he the one who's in that Disney movie with the like Irish, the Luck of the Irish one, where he like plays basketball? Has that look about him? I've actually never seen Luck of the Irish, but I know what you're referencing. Yeah, I don't even know if that's the name of it, but um, that like basketball Disney movie or whatever, where I, I swear, like, is it? And then I know what movie you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, he'd really never been in anything between before Eurotrip. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. 
he does have that look of a uh, you know generic thinner white dude with uh, spiky black yeah, hair. Yeah, like the Disney the Disney look. Yeah. I will say, like I was talking to Eurotrip about someone else uh, with someone You're else talking last to Eurotrip about. I was else? talking with someone else about Eurotrip. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I've had a lot of absinthe. <laughs> <laughs> and they asked, like, yeah, it stars the guy from Smart House, right? I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, so they thought like a similar thing. Yeah. No. Weird. Just trying to make you feel better. I so appreciate <laughs> you for not Sage. being able to tell blatantly handsome white people apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor blatantly white handsome people. There's there's a look Scotty does when he figures out that like, oops, I became the Pope, and he just kind of he just kind of looks and and waves his hand and just. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I really do want to shout out how much charisma <laughs> like the cast has. They are they're a good cast. I think it was yeah. I think it was well cast for sure. Um, Extremely, especially the standouts. Yeah, sorry. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say Vinnie Jones, and then that uh, that that robot street performer really stealing the show for me. <laughs> yeah. When I say there's no one famous in the movie, I'm only talking about like the main five. Right. right I'm right. not talking about yeah. Like there's a lot of famous cameos. That yeah. Show Fred up. Armisen, Vinnie Jones, a couple of actors from Snatch show up. But then I'm yeah. sure, like at that time, probably not even you know, or barely at least, but. Man, yeah. I don't. I mean, yeah. Aside from Matt Damon, I bet like most people didn't know who like Vinnie Jones or, or Fred Armisen was. Yeah, I, that's what I mean. Yeah, like at that time, yeah. There's no way that they were they were that big, but. And I, I really just enjoy like Cooper is just in the background of most scenes, and he's just loving what's going on. He, the actor seems like himself, and also his running bit of like his boss calling him because he's technically working this entire time and just hasn't. He's just pretending he's <laughs> yeah. there at the office. So consistently getting phone calls from his boss about things that he hasn't done and just yeah. blaming it on somebody else at the office. <laughs> just failing up. Delight. It's, I it's love that delight. part. I loved that part. And then he gets the promotion at the end. <laughs> There's definitely some commentary going on, but I'm too dumb to figure out what it is. <laughs> I do think there was some good commentary on there that was still like, you know, somewhat. Oh, God, now I have to come up with an example, I'm sure. But. I remember, I remember throughout it being like, "Oh wow, that's that's pretty good," but then there was also so many other bad things that they commented on um, that were a little bit homophobic or women-wise weren't so. Um... Yeah, not the strongest female characters in general. Yeah, there is like the worst joke for me at the end is uh, when Scotty's gone back to Oberlin and he calls up his friends. Uh, Cooper asks. Uh, why are you studying German? Uh, are you? He says it was like it's like me. barely works as a joke. Yeah. But he says something along the lines of like, "Could you try not to be such a woman?" Yeah. Which like mm. is unnecessary. Doesn't really pair with the material on screen. Like it's just it's just bad. <laughs> and it went past a lot of people to make it to to screen because a lot was cut from this movie. <laughs> And you would know. I love it. I would know. I know. That's the best part. You know I was telling Gavin before, like, after they've signed up as couriers to get to London for free, uh, they are told that they can't take their baggage on the plane. And there's a delightful slapstick gag where they have to wear all the clothes they're bringing to Europe. (laughs) You know, six shirts, four pairs of pants, and just, like, multiple shoes strung over themselves and they can barely walk through. And one of them falls over and it takes them, like, 20 minutes to, like, put them back up. I would have loved that. It's probably a pacing thing, but it's there's some very good deleted scenes. Also, more breasts if you're into that. <laughs> there you go. The deleted scenes are where it's at. It's just some classic 2004 porn. No problem. 
so time-wise, um, we do have to kind of move on to our actual nostalgic review. Nostalgic review of this movie. Was that did a, did a robot just <laughs> yeah, dance whoa. behind you? That is correct. Oh, we haven't even talked about the dancing robot. That's my cultural <laughs> touchstone. Um, but yeah, how do we feel about this movie now, Gavin? Mm-hmm. Uh, if we were to have some sort of tiered ranking system for how we judge these movies we talked about on the podcast, what would it look like? Huh. Well, we could use some sort of system such as, is it still good? Is it better as a memory? Or uh, should we take it to Bratislavia and just leave it there? Um Without any sort of uh, translator or just, you know, maybe chain it, maybe drape it in like sausages and leave it for the street dogs. Should we release the Fugenheimer on it? I actually think it probably yeah. would do really well there considering how many boobs are in it. <laughs> and like, it's like very Americana humor. Like, I feel, I feel like it might actually do well. I don't know, Did I pronounce that country's that name right, by the book. way? Because if not, I apologize. Which country? Uh, whichever one I just said. The B okay. word. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I got through it one time without, you know, anyone correcting me. I'm not going to try again. Come on. Bratislava? <laughs> sure. I might have thrown, an, e, thrown an Ia at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's right. But yeah, is it still good? Is it better as a memory? Or should we uh, flush it down the airplane toilet and just leave it in the tank there for some other uh, airplane crew to deal with? Weird. I think, I mean. Hop in. What do you got? Okay. If you just remember that this was made in 2004 and you're like in that context, I think it's great. I still think it's good. But but we're talking 2021. You don't actually get to though. (laughs) No. Okay. So like what? I show this to a brand new person, 2021. Yeah. Yeah, Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. I still still love it. I don't care. Okay. So still evergreen. The grass is greener on the uh, Euro trip side. I, I think I need to watch it. I've had this happen a few times with a friend where I'll put on the movie and I think it's <laughs> so good still. <laughs> and then they're like, what in the world is this? So in fairness, I think it's great, but I'm not a good movie picker for movie night. So No, this this is this is a personal thing. There's no shame here. No. Uh, Sage, wh- what are you feeling on this matter? So I think there's probably a good 15 minutes that could be cut from this movie. Not as a pacing thing. I just think there's probably 15 minutes of material that just doesn't Doesn't work. work. I think they could just skip Amsterdam. Like, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think you could cut everything that happens in Amsterdam. Uh, I I don't know. You'd you'd do a couple – you'd do like a day of reshoot to like figure out why doesn't he have his camera? Why doesn't anyone have any money? Because those are crucial plot points. I'll stick up for Club Vandersex. I think kind of works for me a little bit. Club Vandersex mostly works. But the other two plot lines, you could just do that and uh, then he comes back and just like, oh, I got robbed. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. You could – I do think I I agree. Like in Amsterdam, I feel like they could have done a lot more with that. But yeah, so I was saying, but like the stuff that works in this movie is I am able to give like the things that don't work a pass. I mean, some of the some of the comedy just doesn't work, and that's Mm -hmm. not even like a a time thing. Um, That's not like like how how we've gotten more progressive the comedy in the last seventeen years. That's just like oh, this was just never really a a good joke. 
um, like the Amsterdam sequence in prison. But one thing that I haven't talked about that I forgot until now is the little vignettes before they go places. They drive mm-hmm. by Brussels and it's Brussels sprouts. They go to Italy and it's just this wonderful 30 second animation <laughs> of just like all the Italian stereotypes <laughs> that I've heard my entire life and just. Yeah. Uh, I was realizing that's doing a lot of heavy lifting for them not really showing yeah. the cultures mm-hmm. of the places they're in. You know, which is fine, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I think that was, like, really good use of space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very, very economic. Uh, but I'm I'm giving it a, a still good. Um, I'm shocked it's been so long that I watched this movie because I think I'll just keep watching it every couple of years. It's very, it's very comfortable and... Um, I do just enjoy hanging out with those characters because they seem like they're having a good time. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is my my hangout movie. Other people will gravitate to, like, Dazed and Confused or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where you're just spending time with people. Mm-hmm. I just want to go on a Euro trip with my friends. Aww. Okay. I'm going yeah. to give it a... I think I'm going to give it a better as a memory. Uh, which, you know, this is a very fuzzy memory for me. And the scenes that work still work. The scenes that don't still don't. Uh, it's a fine movie. It kind of blends in a lot with what was happening, as we've mentioned a bunch of other movies, that either do it not even that much better. It's just, like, a little bit more memorable for me. And there's enough stuff that doesn't quite work and enough stuff that does. It just kind of rides, like, a, a gray line for me. It doesn't do anything, like blasphemy well i mean it literally does blasphemous things but <laughs> yeah i don't know i i feel like i'm a toss-up between still good or better as a memory because like it's not trying to be anything more than it is like i if this movie didn't have random boobs in it i'd be disappointed like <laughs> yeah that's what you want from this movie it's there's not like a wouldn't understand its own genre exactly so i mean i don't think it's doing any of that stuff like particularly wrong the the homophobia stuff and like that that is that did not age well and like you said there's just jokes that just don't work but yeah i got nothing abs like terrible to say about this movie it's 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 fine it's fun uh would i go out of my way to recommend it to anybody probably not yeah this is an example of like something i'm just too close to and i would have had to have had a, a less good experience rewatching it to have it be anything other than still good um so I'm not I'm not mad at uh, your review at all. <laughs> yeah. I almost wish I had the courage to give it a better as a memory, <laughs> but uh, but it's still good, and that's where it stands. Well, this is, it's one of those ones where it's again like the there's a there is a, there's a lot of there's a big difference between still or there's not a how do I say this like those the criteria there isn't quite the strongest way to define this movie I guess yeah yeah. I mean, we're still 40 episodes into this podcast. We're trying to figure out what is this still good means. <laughs> yeah. So this movie, as I said earlier, did not make a ton of movie. Um, ton of, Jesus Christ. This movie, as I said earlier, did not make a ton of money, uh, which is why there are not five Euro trip movies. That being said, there could easily have been some direct-to-DVD yeah. ones also filmed in Prague that I'm not aware of. Maybe there are three or four of these movies. Uh, but it is, you know, it is a known IP, and that means that there is money on the table to be made. 
uh, let's milk Eurotrip for all we got in my favorite section. Make money off of this IP. We still don't have a title for it, but here's the bumper. We're reviving a canceled undercover police program from the 80s. Oh, it's not a remake, it's a reboot. You see, the guys in charge of this stuff lack creativity. What the fuck is a reboot? So all they do now is recycle shit from the past. We're working on less of a shriekle and, and more of a screaming. Expect us all not to notice. I like it. Another! <laughs> Alright, so the goal here is to reboot it, remake it, sequel it, make a miniseries, make a stage play, whatever you want, and I would love to hear your pitches. Do I go first? If you want to, if you feel passionate. I just think mine's going to be the weakest, so I want to make sure I say it first before I feel okay. feel worse after all of your guys's. Okay, so I was thinking of it as like a Euro trip for every generation like you know how before sunset and before like sunrise or whatever the hell that whole series of movies the yeah the trilogy yeah but you do that which i haven't seen that's as much as i know about yeah it. that's uh... literally all i know about it too except somebody told me i need to watch it at like every stage of my mm-hmm. life i get that a lot yeah yep mm-hmm. so my yeah, i get that too and it kind of worries me i'm like what does this mean but um I was thinking you make Euro trip for every stage of, you know, like your midlife crises, you know, crises. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, 30 years old, everybody has like a little like quarter life crisis. And then at like 55 years old, everybody has their like actual midlife crisis, you know? And so you make a Euro trip for like whatever the goal is at each one of those stages. So are these still all sex comedies? Totally. But <laughs> but there's some weird message that relates to each. Because, like, that was pretty mm-hmm. much, like, yeah, they were 18. But to be honest, they were more, like, going toward, like, a 14-year-old age range, you know, that, like, was watching that film. And pretty sure this to- movie was made for 32-year-olds. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Good God. I hope not. But that's my feeling. It's, like, you make that version, like, the same sentiment behind Before Sunrise and all that. But for, like, you know, sex, crazy, love, weird movies, like, road movies, like Eurotrip. But and are you saying about, like, going back to the same cast? <laughs> you could. Or, yeah, at e- like, it probably would or work. Or have it be an anthology series. I think it would work with the same cast, but um, I, I don't know. These days, so many, you know, four people not lose, you know, like, Hollywood people... One out of the four of them is going to lose their mind or be a Trump supporter or something. So it probably wouldn't work. <laughs> One of them's getting canceled out of the four for sure. But um, that's my pitch is like there's got to be something at 30 that's the equivalent of finding Mika in Germany before college. You know? Fair enough. I mean, the trilogy you've you've talked about does d- does show how people evolve and i want to see the raunchy version of that exactly because there are there are not a lot of boobs in those movies <laughs> we need more boobs <laughs> exactly <sighs> cowbell boobs same thing uh, gavin <laughs> what you got um yeah i've been trying to rack my brain I, I i honestly i feel like for even though i gave this movie a better as a memory like i don't really know what more you'd want to do with this movie except for maybe just do it a little bit better give it like another pass and be able to go on location um, but aside from that, like trying to wrap my brain around like a different kind of thing, what could be fun is base it around like a Euro- European like contest Ooh. and follow a group of friends or like maybe in an improv group 
whose like show finally gets to go be in Scotland at like whatever Edinburgh, big fest Fringe is. Fest. Yeah. yeah, and like do a movie about Fringe Fest. I I would love to see something like that. Do a sex comedy based around around like high school drama nerds. Like have them hang like accidentally hanging out with the musical kids when they don't like musicals. Like that's a funny bit to me. Or like you know they're hanging out with like the Shakespearean actors who are taking things a little bit too more seriously. And just kind of bob around the different worlds of theater could be fun. And then mixing that up with like getting into Scottish uh, hijinks as well could be a fun Ooh. thing. I, I don't know. I like that. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So my pitch, you guys have seen Hostel, right? Oh. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> my pitch has nothing to do with Hostel. <laughs> I want to see like the same creative team, as I've said, has have gone on to do Barry and Silicon Valley and The League. And uh, I mean, it's weird to even think of The League as like more mature comedic filmmaking. <laughs> but to a certain extent, it is. Oh, I mean, the movie, that, that show's incredible. So yes, tight. yeah. It's fun. I would love to uh, have them revisit, revisit. this, uh, <laughs> but as a miniseries. I think some of the pacing issues are not issues if it's broken into episodes. Mm-hmm. You have the episode in America that just starts the premise of going to Europe, and then, like, each – it could be 20 or it could be 40 minutes, probably 20, but it's probably better as a half-hour comedy that just takes place in a different country. And then, like, at the end, you know, whatever contrived scenario you have to go to the next one, like – that has to happen because it's a miniseries. I think it'll play a lot better than, say, Vinnie Jones showing up at the Vatican, even though he clearly hates right. Italians and eye ties. <laughs> I gotta admit, I'd be so disappointed if this creative team took a break from the things they were doing to make a Euro trip series. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they they're they're done so much better, more interesting things. <laughs> right, and they can they can bring that to this, and then you can get to see all sorts of places that weren't touched on this. In fact, I don't know personally. I think they went to a lot of the less interesting places in in Europe. I want to see an episode that just takes place in Naples, my favorite city in Europe. Oh, wow! That's not the city I thought you were going to say. <laughs> it never is, and I don't know my what. My experiences in Europe don't uh, line up to, to to other people's expectations. For example, Molly, I know you love London. You go there constantly. I've never had a good time in London. I'm never <laughs> excited to be laid over in London, which was most of the times is just British Airways or, or Ryanair, whoever mm-hmm. else has screwed me. is just like, you got to stay in London now. But my favorite places are like Naples and Athens, which people have to my face called garbage cities. Well, Naples, hey, it works really well. You can call the new Eurotrip movie Nipples, and then it <laughs> goes really well with the entire aesthetic of the Naple film. trip. <laughs> yeah. Um, But Naples also has like Amalfi and Pompeii and Capri like right there as part of the same region. Oh, fair. Uh, So there's there's a lot to see. You're saying the best thing about Naples is it's uh, proximity to convenient, conveniently located near other things. Yeah, actually, that would be really funny, though, because they could go to the guy who was like he died masturbating in Pompeii. They would have some great shitty jokes about that. (laughs) He's like frozen in time doing that. He died doing what he loved. I think um I think that I have the same brain as the as the men. <laughs> yeah, the, the, really the target audience for this movie was Apparently, you know, we, we... I've never grown past it. <laughs> yeah, so it's not a it's not a fully developed pitch, but uh feel like you can easily just have each episode be in a different places and just just get a lot out of that. <laughs> just never gets fair, to Mika until she's 50 years old. Ten seasons later of Hero Trip, 
not quite what I was pitching. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I really just did see eight episodes, but sure, make make three or four seasons out of it. <laughs> you just have comedy misadventures. They get robbed like every other episode. <laughs> Mika's like got three kids by the time he gets there. <laughs> they get involved in the Catalanian revolution. <laughs> yeah. They just, or they get stuck someplace because of COVID. Too dark? Uh, sorry. Sorry. Sorry to bring exhausting. it back. Like yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're going to do a bottleneck episode of them just having to quarantine in their hotel room that's volunteered, given to them by the Vietnamese government. Oh. Or wait, was it the Korean government? Anyway. <laughs> sure. Wait, where are we now? <laughs> I guess I could have also pitched an Asia trip. You could do the same. Well, I don't know. I think some of this only works because it's white people making fun of white people. And yeah. mm-hmm. uh, like, I personally have always felt very comfortable making fun of Italians. I don't think it's fair, <laughs> but that's how it is. <laughs> I, I I could write a joke. I could write a movie uh, that takes place in Italy that makes fun of Italians. I'm not going to do that with Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fair. Well, I was specifically referring to the being locked in a hotel room that you rent from the government, which I forget which government was doing that i mean sure england's doing that yeah yeah well actors have to do that still don't they if they go to like other countries still get like mm-hmm. you get you get paid to do it though <laughs> i know a friend of mine was on a bigger film and they asked him ahead of time like they basically made it his dream wonderland they were like oh anything you want what kind of gym equipment do you want in there what kind of like food we're gonna stock you with anything i was like holy shit they just made him like a little paradise. It was amazing. Right, but you also can't leave that paradise. It's a golden cage, as they say. Yeah, but I mean, if you know you're getting out of there in 10 days, it's 14 sure. days. Sure, I would totally do it. Yeah, yeah no no complaints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, halfway through, so so England uh, had like very bizarre quarantine restrictions for their own citizens where like some places they can go and come back no problem. And some places when they come back, they have to quarantine for two weeks. Um, it's very hard to, as I'm sure Molly knows, it's very hard to go to England right now unless you're willing to do that whole quarantine. So halfway through my Greece trip, England released those restrictions for Greece. So suddenly it was flooded with British people <laughs> to the point that like I had to shift my trip around. And I didn't actually end up going to Mykonos or Santorini because it was completely brooked up by British and, and Polish and everyone else who was suddenly like, yeah, you're allowed to go to, to Greece now with no consequences. Wow. That's wild. That yeah. So that's uh, that's a thing that's developing, and I think that's already changed. I think all the people who, who came under the pretense that they didn't have to quarantine when they came back ended up having to quarantine. Oof. But yeah, all my plans ended up costing four times as much, so I just went inland to a, to a very different part of Greece. It was good. It was a good trip. Yeah, it looked am- yeah, you got to go to my dream spot there. Always wanted to go to Meteora. I was so stoked for you. So so for the audience, as I planned to go to Greece, uh, Molly uh, sent me a picture of, of a place I had never heard of that she'd always wanted to go to. So I just went there to make her jealous. <laughs> <laughs> just stuck over here in shitty California. Just the most <laughs> beautiful place. I'm like, ugh, I'm not in Greece. That's pretty good, but it's not Greece. <sighs> it looked amazing, though. One day I'll get there. All right, Molly, you got anything to plug? Do I have anything to plug? Um, no, I just, <laughs> I'm just over here making films. My name's yeah, Molly. Yeah, you've got, you've got like shorts and stuff coming out. Oh, what are you yeah, talking about? all right, fair enough. I'm Jesus terrible Christ. at this plugging thing. Um, 
going to say, don't you have a film festival coming up? <laughs> yeah, I literally have all of these things. Um, I, I did a, it's a Western called the Cosmopolitan West, and we are premiering at Pioneer Town Film Festival, which is in Pioneer Town, an old famous um, spot that used to film big Westerns, um, but now is just a really fun party spot that looks like an old Western town. So it's out near Palm Springs there. Anywho, um, Sage actually worked on this film. And Gavin, you came for the half rap party, didn't you? Yeah, um, I, I came and sat in a pool with everybody. Yeah. Put in my due diligence. Exactly. Yeah. So um, anyway, we are premiering there. It just got postponed because of lovely COVID. Um, but mm-hmm. hopefully that means more people will be able to make um, the postponement. So yeah, I've got that one going. And then, um, you know, just always plugging away. I've got a feature on the way. So I'll have fun news coming soon, hopefully. Right on. Yeah. Do you want to shout out any Instagram handles or anything? Oh, yeah. I guess we better do the Instagram. Um, you don't have no, to. No, no, There's no. Pressure. Honestly, it's probably smart. Um, <laughs> Molly with a Y, Kinsale, K-I-N-S-A-L-E 37, because I made an account, Molly Kinsale, and then forgot I made the account. <laughs> and then I thought... <laughs> Wait, so you had to add the numbers because you already had <laughs> yeah. the account. And wow. I thought it was some rando. I was like, who the hell already made this? Nobody's named Molly Kinsale. Like, what's happening here? And then I remembered that I made the account and I couldn't <laughs> remember the password. So forever now, it is Molly Kinsale 37. Um, and uh, yeah, I post too much on my story, but come along for the ride. Come on over. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Gavin V. Murray on most things. Um I'm going to shout out Dances with Films is coming up. And uh, I worked on a couple projects that are playing there. Turducken, I think, is there. Uh, Bleeding Audio. Um, I worked as a a cam op on a couple of interviews. And I also wanted to shout out Friend of the Pod, Ulrich Bursell, his feature that I think Sage also worked on. Did do sound for it. Is premiering there. Wow. Check that out. The alternate. Congrats, Gavin. I mean, that, that one's not me. I've just worked on some other things. But, but all of it. Congrats <laughs> to all of it. Yeah. And uh, I guess you guys said the two things that I have covered up, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. Uh, I'm at hold for playing, and I'll eventually post up some, some Grease pictures. I'm, I'm very bad on that. You were in a production at Grease? Uh, correct. Fuck you. Wow. <laughs> That's so cool. Also, you're supposed to say, tell me more. <laughs> and uh we're at still good pod uh send us a message letting us know your favorite city in europe (laughs) i don't know (laughs) just send us a message we're 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 thirsty for feedback Mm -hmm. all right until next time thank you everybody thank you thanks for having enjoy the sweet dulcet tones of whatever song we outro on yeah Whatever song it might be. It's going to be the one from Eurotrip. The, um, what's the one for the soccer team? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty doesn't know that Fiona and me do it in my van every Sunday. She tells him she's in church, but she doesn't go. Still, she's on her knees. And Scotty doesn't know. Oh, Scotty doesn't know. So don't tell Scotty, Scotty doesn't know, Scotty doesn't know. Fiona says 
when you're on top It's front lawn in the snow Laughing so hard cause Scotty doesn't know Scotty doesn't know